0: doing something to spark a conversation, um, to change a narrative that they're desperately wanting to see changed. That's what brand connection looks like for Gen Z now.
1: Welcome to Marketing Conversations with Lamp House Films, a show where we bring you access to insights and tips from today's marketing thought leaders. I'm your host, Josh Henry. In today's episode, I'm talking to Jen Thompson from Procter and Gamble about their haircare brand, Aussie. Specifically, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of brands have struggled to do, connect with Gen Z. Aussie was able to connect with Gen Z in a big way through authenticity and practicing what they preach. I learned a ton from today's conversation. I think you will too. Jen has a real true love for Gen Z. She thinks that they are one of the greatest generations that we've ever seen. And I am starting to agree with her. So let's talk about Gen Z. I feel like they are a group of people that a lot of marketers are afraid of or feel like they don't understand. I feel like you really get them. So, so yeah, let's talk about that a little bit.
0: I love Gen Z. I um, it's weird. I am not Gen Z. I'm one of those elder millennials, but I feel like I relate to them in a little bit because I I was always told I was an old soul, and and those that term is something that comes to mind a lot as I meet with uh, these these consumers of this generation. We define them as born between 1995 and 2010, um, but the real change point is. They don't remember a world um, before 9-11. Yeah. They tangibly remember the recession of 2008 because it affected the employment of their parents. They saw older siblings struggling with college debt. Um, and certainly now, you know, so much in the world between climate change and our political um, situation, more awareness to social injustice issues there's just a lot of, they're carrying on the their shoulders. Um, and they don't believe they can rely on other generations to solve it for them. So they believe everything is in their hands. If they want it to happen, they've got to do it themselves. Um, and so they push for more information. They are learning more independently to do things. Um, and they're setting a higher bar with um, all facets of their life, right? And, you know the companies that they buy from they follow the brand as much as the ceo um because they they do believe they need to take knowledge and perspective into their own hands it's it's pretty cool to to see what a take charge generation they are
1: this is a yeah. whole generation of world changers like yes and i think that is so fantastic so how does that change the way that you're speaking to them knowing this about them how does that change the way that you speak to them
0: we try to do more and not just say more. So a tangible example um, on Aussie, uh, which is the brand that probably most directly within my my portfolio today goes after Gen Z. Um, it's really solely dedicated to delighting uh, consumers of, of this age range. We uh, knew that they, they wanted to see themselves in the brand, um, but we asked ourselves, well, rather than knowing that and still projecting model talent, why not bring them in behind the curtain with us? Why not put them in the driver's seat to create content and really let them not only see themselves, but see their friends designing this brain with us. So about three years ago, we started to do that in our brand building. We, um, if we saw, uh, consumers who were Aussie fans, we would ask them if they, uh, wanted to do any product shots, um, and show how they use Aussie. One of my favorite programs we've done is, uh, as we were talking with our consumers and even our, our influencers, they would tell us about their hair experiences, about how it's amazing how much they've seen evolve in the last few years on, on the perception of, of hair type and the different ways that hair types can be beautiful from straight to curly and textured. But they, um, as really, really little kids, when they feel like they were most influenced on how you should look, they never saw Barbie dolls with um, their hair type or skin tones. We said, well, hey, if, if you didn't have those superheroes and those dolls and those models to uh, look after when you were younger, why don't we let you be the new models for the next generation coming up? So we um, worked with an illustrator who uh, works to favorably depict women um, in spaces that tend to be kind of male dominated. And we had five uh, influencers sit with her and they crafted their own superhero images. And then we made comic books of those influencers and decals and social gifts. And this is the girl power campaign that you're talking about? This is girl power, yeah. yeah beautiful,
1: so- beautiful stuff. It's really wonderful.
0: Yeah, we, we called these girls our sheroes um, and we use the hashtag line of curl power because um, there is a sense of empowerment when you feel like you can be yourself. Doing something to spark a conversation, um, to change a narrative that they're desperately wanting to see change, that's what brand connection looks like for Gen Z now. I think Gen Z is kind of reverse mentoring, if you will, millennials and Gen Xers and older in terms of um, what real embrace of diversity inclusion means.
1: I Yeah, I think that the one of the key differences between that I'm observing at least between Gen Z and millennials is that um, Gen Z is no longer able to be um, fooled if you are mm-hmm. just faking it like mm-hmm. If a company puts out an ad and says um, "Black Lives Matter," Gen Z is like, "Then show me your leadership team." Like, whereas millennials are like, "Okay, I'll move on with yeah. my day." I <laughs> pretended like I cared for a second, and Gen Z is like, "Nope, prove it." And I yeah. think, yeah. So, how does that mentality change the, your communications?
0: So, uh, while we've been supporting Black creators for uh, for a good amount of time when these events were rising up we met with them and we said have we done enough is there more we can do and we got some feedback and we've been reflecting that and not only were we reflecting it we shared an action plan with our followers on what that looked like and continue to take feedback from consumers but i I think that's the new expectation
1: so moving forward what do you feel like through um i mean you you've been in brand for, a, for, a, for a little while now across a couple different platforms. What do you feel like is the, is the future? What are you gearing up for now?
0: Facebook, Instagram, these social platforms, they started as a place to connect with people, find entertainment, education, what have you. Then brands came in. Um, and then they jumped to TikTok, you know, formally musically for entertainment, um, and brands are jumping in. I think consumers keep trying to hop to the next place where they can just be in their digital ecosystem for connection, entertainment, education, fun. And that's why I say I think influence is changing a little bit. I think it's going to be more fragmented. Um, I think personalization continues to grow with the advent of digital technology, algorithms, predictive capabilities. So we're going to have to put feelers out in more places. And then I think we have to drive more grassroots conversations. Some of our influencers only have 15,000 followers or 50,000 followers, but we've been partners with them for two or three years and their followers are used to the relationship. And so rather than just knowing we have a partnership, okay, that's great. When that influencer shares with the followers a new product from Aussie, because they know we've been in partnership for three years They trust that it must be good and they want to go out and try it. So I think the, how do you combat fragmentation, which then makes it harder to drive that connection? How do you combat that with the maintenance of a strong emotional connection on a, on a brand to person level? I don't think we figured out what that looks like, but we know that it's coming. And so that's the work we're doing now to try to get smarter on where we show up and what we try to say and share.
1: Herbal Essences and Aussie are these huge mega brands. Um, For our listeners who are probably not running marketing at a huge mega brand, how can some of these these philosophies be be applied at a a smaller level?
0: I think for all of the dollars and reach in the world, if you don't have a clear point of view and a clear emotional insight that you're leveraging to connect with your audience, um, you're you're not maximizing your brand building. And the interesting thing is I actually take a lot of inspiration from the upstart brands. A lot of the things that have kept Aussie and Herbal on its toes, as more upstart brands started to come into the beauty space, they had a clear point of view that was different than what the big brands were saying, right? Um, and You know big brands could kind of rely on the the history and the superiority of their products and would talk a lot about you know end looks of hair and performance of shampoo and things of that nature and the upstart brands would talk more about beauty standards and the dynamics of how hair fits into your life routine um and it was because their their way to connect with audiences was to connect emotionally right like you're not a known brand, but I'm gonna try you because I like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and big brands where you are a known brand and I try you because I trust you. Like I, I, I trust that you're gonna have what I need functionally for myself. So I think it's interesting now we're in this world where um, the upstart brands are getting that trust and performance that the bigger brands have established over years and the bigger brands are driving the con- uh, emotional connection that the upstart brands have done. But I would say, to those who are leading smaller brands. Keep the focus on the strength of your emotional connection with the consumer. Let that be the door that um, you can step into to get them to try. And then follow with the credibility of the experience. Ultimately, the two have to go hand in hand. But I think that the upstart brands or the smaller brands have a lot of um, Potential to grow by driving that connection emotionally.
1: Thanks for watching another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films. Lamp House is a production company that focuses on film-centered marketing campaigns. If you want to chat with us about your next campaign, we'd love to hear from you. I'm Josh at LampHouseFilms.com. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, make sure to check out the link to our newsletter in the description. That's where you're gonna find bonus content and extended interviews. Be sure to join us next week for another marketing conversation. See you then.